This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Although we often take today's Christmas celebration customs for granted, most of the so-called traditional Christmas practices only date back to the 19th century. Many of these customs originated in Germany and Austria. Traditions of the Christmas tree, the advent calendar, snow globes, glass ornaments, and Christmas songs can be traced back to Germany. The food is no different. For some, Christmas wouldn't be without gingerbread and its blend of warm spices. But one German cookie hasn't caught on as much. It's a cookie whose recipe may have been lost forever except for one baker's family. It's a cookie that can be hard to pronounce for some and despite its name contains no nuts. We're exploring the history and origin of Pfeffenisse. Welcome to another serving of Seasons Eatings, the podcast which explores the history and origins of your favorite Christmas foods. Seasons Eatings can be found wherever you download your favorite podcast. Seasons Eatings is also found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love the show, then I humbly ask you to share this podcast with someone you think would love to hear more about the history of Christmas and the foods which shape the holiday we love so much. If you want to give me suggestions for future episodes, just email me at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com. All the links can be found in the show notes at seasonseatingspodcast.com. I've talked about some of the foods that come from Germany and Austria in the past. Christmas wouldn't be the holiday it is without slicing into a powdered sugar-covered stollen or making your favorite batch of gingerbread. But these bite-sized cookies are a treat for children from the beginning of December all the way up to Christmas. Popular since the 1850s, Pfeffenusa also called Peppernoten in Dutch, is linked to the December 5th feast of Sinterklaas in the Netherlands when children receive gifts from St. Nicholas. It's celebrated the following day in Germany and Belgium. The name Peppernut, or Pfeffenusse, has nothing to do with nuts and is very little to do with pepper. Instead, it means a spicy cookie made the size of a nut. They vary in size from marble or hazelnut size to large walnut size cookies. Often they bake up as hard as a nut as well. The spices can include black or white pepper, but it's more often it is some combination of cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, cloves, and ginger. Sometimes lemon zest or citron peel or nuts are included, and sometimes they are iced and often they are left to mellow and soften for a few weeks before serving. Don't expect to end up with familiar pepper nuts, 
when trying a new recipe. In the 19th century, and sometimes even today, connoisseurs incorporated potash or potassium carbonate into the dough, as well as ammonium carbonate, which acted as leavening agents to achieve the right consistency. While there are some variations on the theme, including the addition of anise, molasses, honey, nuts, nutmeg, ground black pepper, cardamom, rum, candied fruit, and powdered sugar for dusting, typically flour, sugar, brown sugar, cloves, and cinnamon are the more conventional ingredients. The flavor reportedly deepens with the passage of time, so many bakers prepare batches of them at the outset of the holiday season, relishing them throughout the month of December. According to scholars, Johann Fleischmann, a confectioner from Offenbach, created the recipe in 1753. The delicacy was eaten at the Russian court of the Tsars. The German composer Felix Mendelssohn made a detour to Offenbach when he was traveling in order to be able to buy the pepper nuts and wrote to his sister, I cannot conduct the Dusseldorf Music Festival because I have to rest and move to Soden. I'm going to Offenbach with Ms. Bernis to buy pepper nuts. Even Goethe loved Offenbach Pfeffenissen so much he kept having them sent to Weimar. On January 13, 1832, Goethe wrote in a letter to Marianne von Wilmer, I will soon announce some wishes that I would like to make my guests smile by fulfilling them. If, however, you want to awaken the friendly faces of my grandchildren, please ask me around February for some Offenbach pepper nuts. By then, the stomach-spoiling Christmas gifts will probably have been eaten up. No matter how much mankind advances towards its highest goal, I notice the confectioners keep moving up. As the mind and heart are constantly being purified, I will fear that the stomach will continue to be directed towards damnation. As early as January 29, 1832, the desired fresh pepper nuts arrived in Weimar together with Frankfurter Brenton and quince paste. Goethe thanked that the delivery had an earlier taste buds of your elderly friend excited again, while the pepper nuts and pork nuts, in contrast to the gloomy winter days, will not fail to develop the most sun-happy faces for me. The brothers Grimm even advised their sister not to enjoy too many Offenbacher pepper nuts because the spices used were sometimes ascribed to having aphrodisiac and stimulating effects. In 1870, German soldiers on their way to the front wrote Offenbach Pfeffernus for Paris on a wagon that was filled with bombs and ammunition. And pepper nuts praised Meyer's Conversation Lexicon in 1889 are particularly well prepared in Offenbach. In 1940, posters urged soldiers to be sent to the front, and the state government of Hesse gave away Offenbacher Pfeffenis on a, official occasions and visits abroad until the 1980s, before they were forgotten. The original recipe was and is kept like a state secret for centuries and passed on to selected successors. The original recipe was passed on to Bernhard Schulte via Fleischmann's son Philip and several pastry chefs 
When he was 85 years old and closed his shop, he bequeathed the recipe to his former pastry apprentice, Dieter Karl Renn, on April 29, 1998, who was already 65 at the time. Renn's son, Matthias, in turn had to promise his father on his deathbed, just a few days later, that he would keep the secret that's been guarded for generations. And that's true. Bakers who had kept the secret are said to have locked themselves in the bakery while preparing the dough. Honey, almonds, nuts, orange peel, lemon peel, coriander, cinnamon, flour, sugar, eggs, milk, and almond blossom are part of Offenbach's delicacies, but only a select few know the exact mixing ratio. The recipe is based on traditional knowledge and on several test baking attempts until the pepper nuts were just as they should be. Nice and crisp on the outside and tender on the inside. The rebirth of the pepper nuts is thanks to two women from Offenbach. Food journalist Suzanne Reininger reports on the pepper nuts in her book 99 Mal Offenbach since its publication, the Offenbach specialty had been in constant demand in Annette Lair's coffee roastery. But Lair couldn't do anything with it, until the two women decided to reissue the Pfeffernus. They were unable to elicit the original recipe from the Wren descendants, but there are a lot of family recipes, says Renninger. The new pepper nuts are based on this, and with the Heinbachtel workshops, you have a partner with whom you can be sure that every pepper nut is still handmade. Mass production is out of the question. When they're over, then they're over. The small round spice cookies are popular in Germany and parts of Northern Europe. But in the US, the Pfeffernusse has enough fans to have its own food holiday. December 23rd, otherwise known as National Pfeffernus Day. It's not clear just how the Pfeffernus got its own holiday, but it's most likely hitched a ride across the Atlantic centuries ago, said Walter Stabe, a chef and culinary historian based in Philadelphia, who hosts a history-themed cooking show. It would have been the Amish, and it would have been the Mennonites, said Stave, a German immigrant himself, referring to the early German-speaking settlers who were coming to the American colonies as early as the 17th century. People travel. They leave their countries, and they bring something along with them, he said. And a tradition like Pfeffernus is an easier tradition you can bring along with you. You don't have to go through a lot of hoopla to maintain your roots. Stabe said that these early settlers brought with them Christmas traditions like Pfeffernus and Stollen, and a dried fruit bread, and continued to make them here. The Pfeffernus cookies eaten in the U.S. aren't too different from the ones his grandmother made when he was growing up in Germany's Black Forest region, he said. We celebrated St. Nicholas Day on December 6th, and what happens as a child is you put your shoes outside your bedroom or your living room or wherever, and St. Nick comes and gives you presents. And Pfeffernus is one of the things you would get if you were good. If you were not good, maybe you'd find yourself with coal in your shoes. From then on, he said there would be Pfeffernus to eat throughout the holidays. 
food blogger John Brian Hopkins, who chronicles food holidays on his foodimentary blog, has even coined a few of his own. He said he's found references to National Pfeffernus Day dating back as far as 1963 in a woman's magazine. He said this is how many food holidays likely get their start. A lot of ladies' magazines were around that created food holidays, Hopkins said. That's where a lot of these holidays come from, not actually from the people that make these foods. Back in his bakery in Los Angeles, California, Hans Rockenwagner said he didn't know there is a national Pfeffernus holiday. But no matter, he still plans to sell thousands of the cookies over the holidays, along with all manner of German holiday baked treats, like Stollen and Lebkuchen, the Pfeffernus's larger, softer gingerbread cousin. We do the holidays right, said Wagner, who grew up in Germany and has lived in the U.S. for 30 years. No one does the holiday like the Germans. It's the Super Bowl of holidays. We'll find out about a common Dutch cookie that gets confused with Pfeffernusse after the break. Hi, this is Scott from Holly Jolly Xmasu, your podcast destination for Japanese Christmas music. If you like Christmas music and are tired of the same old songs, this is the podcast for you. Join me each month as I explore my collection of Yuletide albums from Japan, featuring everything from city pop to 80s rock, long lost jazz, and psychedelic garage rock. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. It's some of the greatest Christmas music you've never heard. Do you love fun? Do you love movies? Do you love TV shows? Do you love informative entertainment? But most of all, do, do you, you love, love Christmas? Christmas? Then look no further because we've got you covered. It's a 90s Christmas podcast is all about the most joyful and triumphant holiday in all its media. But only as far as the 90s are concerned. That's right. Our show not only is about the cheeriest time of the year, but also the cheesiest decade in world history. If that isn't an ideal combination, I don't know what is. Every week we will cover a movie, two sitcom episodes, and a Christmas special, as long as it came out between 1990 and 2002. You can find us on iTunes, Podomatic.com, Stitcher.com, and Spotify. I am Lyle Perez from America. I am Lasse Vogt from Germany. And it's a 90s Christmas podcast offering perspectives from two different parts of the world is waiting for you. Have fun, and no matter where you are or when you listen to this, a, a very, very Merry Christmas! Fevenissa are commonly mistaken for Kuidnoiten or Peppernoten, the Dutch spice nuts, as all are traditionally eaten around St. Nicholas Day. The Dutch Sinterklaas is on the 5th of December, while the German Niklostag is on the 6th, and share similar ingredients. 
Yet the Dutch cookies are harder and have a different color and shape. Krudnoten are hard cookie-like confectionaries made of speculas, roughly the size of a coin and shaped much like a little hamburger bun. They are traditionally associated with Sinterklaas and consequently commonly eaten at Christmas time in Belgium and the Netherlands. When children come to witness Sinterklaas's arrival to the country, it's normal to receive a handful of Krudnoten from one of his helpers. At home during Sinterklaas Eve, Krudnoten and other candies are thrown around. Children consider it a form of entertainment to go around and collect the dropped candies. In earlier days, it was habit to throw around Krudnoten on the pavement and at schools during visits of Sinterklaas too. At a certain moment, maybe because of hygiene concerns, this became less common. At school, visiting people now tend to lay down a pile or a small bag on the student's desk or directly in the child's hands. Although some guess this throwing around has a deeper meaning, comparable to the throwing of rice at weddings, it's most like a symbol of Sinterklaas's generosity. Some schools and supermarkets organize make them yourself sessions. Children are given pre-made dough and are tasked to shape them into crudnoten. Speculas, or its variant speculus, is a type of spiced short crust biscuit, traditionally baked for consumption on or before St. Nicholas Day in the Netherlands, the 5th of December, and in Belgium the 6th of December, or and around Christmas time in Germany and Austria. Speculas are thin, very crunchy, caramelized, slightly browned, and most significantly have an image or a figure, often from the traditional stories around St. Nicholas, stamped on the front before baking. The back is flat. Speculas are also found in Indonesia, where they're known as speculas or speculas courtiers, and usually served at Christmas or on special occasions. The speculas dough doesn't rise much, Dutch and Belgian versions are baked with light brown, sometimes beet sugar, and baking powder. German speculatius uses baker's ammonia as a leavening agent. Spices used in speculas are cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, ginger, cardamom, and white pepper. These were common in the 16 and 1700s due to the Dutch East Indies spice trade. I talk about the spice trade during the Middle Ages with Craig Kringle on his podcast, Weird Christmas. The Middle Ages were the heyday for spices and experimenting with flavor combinations, which resulted in the familiar pumpkin spice blend we're so fond of today. Many family recipes may also include small amounts of other spices like anise. Traditionally, speculas were made from Frisian flour and spices. The name speculus was coined for Belgian wheat flour cookies with hardly any spices. And today, most speculas versions are made from white flour, brown sugar, butter, and spices. Some varieties also use almond flour and have slivered almonds embedded in the bottom. The dough is prepared by beating butter, sugar, and spices and combining them. The flour and leavening agents are mixed separately and then added. Bakers are careful not to overwork the dough so it will rise slightly. The dough is stored in a cool place overnight to give the spices time to permeate through and add extra flavor. 
There are several interpretations for the origins of the name speculas. It may derive from Latin speculum, which means mirror, and refers to the fact that the images are cut as a mirrored bas relief into the wooden stamp, which is then used to decorate the speculas. Another less likely word origin refers to the Latin word speculator, which means among other meanings. Could refer to a bishop or St. Nicholas's epithet, he who sees everything. And still another possible source is speciage, the Dutch word for spice. The other cookie confused with pfeffernussen is pepinoten. Pepinoten are chunks of gingerbread they're a tiny bit chewy. Crudnoten are half balls of speculus and they are crunchy. But many people use pepinoten as an umbrella term for both cookies. Nowadays, there's not always pepper in pepinoten or crudnoten. Most recipes use speculus spices. They exist both with and without white pepper. The word pepper used to be widely used. The Tal und Letterboden from 1872 states, Of all seasonings, none were used more than pepper in the past. Pepper was so much the spice par excellence that the word pepper became, as it were, a general name for all spices, all condiments. So much so that pepper was also said where another condiment was meant. It's certain to this circumstance that the peppermint and ginger nut owe their name. It is for this reason that the gingerbread, pan de spice, is commonly called a gingerbread. From there, spice is commonly called peppering, and that a spice seller or grocer in the first original proper sense of the word was formerly called in English the name of a pepperer. However you enjoy your cookies, with pepper or without, soft or crunchy, take some time at the beginning of the holiday season to start with this German spiced treat, Pfeffernüsse. Seasons Eatings has created some great items for your holiday gift giving. We have shirts, mugs, tote bags, and more. Just click on the merchandise tab at seasonseatingspodcast.com. Thank you for listening to this serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings is available on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google, Stitcher, Deezer, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please, if you can leave a review about the show so we can spread the Christmas cheer. And if you let me know you've left a review, I'll send you a Seasons Eatings sticker as a personal thank you. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email at seasonseatingspodcast at gmail.com to let me know how you like the show suggestions for future episodes, or just to say hi. I know we all get busy, so even sharing the podcast with someone who loves Christmas would be a big help. If you're feeling extra generous this season, maybe you can buy me an eggnog. Head on over to seasonseatingspodcast.com and click on the little cup in the corner. Each small donation helps with the daily running of the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening, and tune in again for another serving of Seasons Eatings. Seasons Eatings can now be found on the Helium Radio Network. 
Streaming online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week with no interruptions, the Helium Radio Network offers a highly engaging and well-varied set of radio channels for anyone to find their desired content online. Find Seasons Eatings on Life Improvement Radio. Everything you need to live a positive and fulfilling lifestyle neatly wrapped in one radio channel. All the music for Seasons Eatings is used under the Creative Commons license. Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your healthcare journey. We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle, because here, we're in it together. Feel confident in your care and in yourself. Schedule a women's health appointment with an Essentia Health provider today. Click the banner to learn more.